This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Action. Oh, Artie, sweet Artie, you know, just decked out in all of his scarves and his rings and... I think he was wearing leather wrist cuffs as well. That scatting line is one of my very favorites of perhaps the whole show that Artie loves to scat along to whatever he happens to be listening to at the time. And I think that's a glorious characteristic in a man. Hello, and welcome to EW On Set. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I'm Patrick Gomez. This is Entertainment Weekly's exclusive companion podcast to the sixth and final season of Schitt's Creek. We will be here every Wednesday morning after a new episode airs with recaps, exclusive on set interviews with the cast. We're still reeling after last week, but this week um, we're going to be talking about episode 609, which is written by Michael Short and directed by Jordan Canning. And you'll be hearing from Annie Murphy and Sarah Levy and Noah Reed. But we're going to start off with a a quick recap of kind of where we are in this episode. This was kind of a rough adjustment, right? So we come out of last week's episode with all of the heartbreak of Ted and Alexis and that like incredibly poignant final scene at the cafe. And boom, the first thing, just like ripping the Band-Aid off for us as viewers coming back in is Alexis is on the rebound. She broke up with Ted less than a week ago, and I'm finding this whole rebound thing to be alarmingly manic and regressive. Well, it does sound a little quick. I mean, has anybody even met this guy? It's really nice that the family is, like, sitting... I mean, if you're Alexis, you don't want your family sitting around gossiping and talking about you and your love life and but your feelings. But they're worried yeah. about her, and maybe rightfully so. Yes. So yes. we've got that. We also get to see the debacle of Moira Rose dealing with an interview she gave to none other than Patrick, your alma mater. Yeah, sure. People, we can call that an all the That's not maybe the right word. People magazine. It did get an education there. That sure. is certainly true. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about the signs, the picketing signs, oh, because the they were. Signs. In, I, I wrote down my favorites. We'll have yes. to talk about those in and a minute. And of course, it ends with a, a very Moira mea culpa via a Schitt's Creek tourism video that is sort of selling the town. Won't you join me for a little stroll through the slice of paradise I like to call. The town where I currently am. It's now my new favorite standalone piece, uh, rather than the Crows trailer. More than the Crows trailer. I, it's, I think it's funnier than the Crows trailer Bold. for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. And also, we get to see uh, Jocelyn goes to work at Rose Apothecary and the sort and of kills it. Kills it. Kills David in the <laughs> process a little bit. Um, and then Jeff- ends up killing Patrick a little bit, too. <laughs> a little bit. Another sale, boys. Where'd she get that belt? She brought it from home. I guess we should start where the at the at, beginning. It's a very beginning. good place to start. Mm, are we singing now? <laughs> Musicals. No one, no one needs to hear that from from me at least. Um, I don't think any of us stopped to think what would Alexis do in her dating life after Ted. We were just lost in that world. But had we stopped to think about where Alexis might land on a very fast rebound, I don't imagine we would have come up with Artie. Although, if you presented him as the hot dad from Revenge, maybe. Uh, yes. 
Revenge, one of the great nighttime soap operas of all time, which also had my favorite tagline of all time one year, was when they were, it was something like, bigger, better, revengier. Yes. See, how can you forget that? <laughs> so the dad from Revenge, Henry Sherney, I think we, we, we're hope, pretty sure we is how we up, you say We looked his up name. how to pronounce it, and we hope we're Still correct. Still looks good playing a rich dad or a rich granddad, mm-hmm. as he is in this case. With his mobile home empire. He has a lot of qualities, some of which include his love of scatting along with jazz and nicknames. He shows up, he's looking for Lexi. Lexi? Uh, Alexis. I call her Lexi. Well, this is where Lexi lives. I really have to say, Dan is so great in this scene. His face is, he's like, horrified and polite all like icy but also kind of reveling there's that just sibling joy of like watching your brother or sister have a terrible situation and you're like i know i'm not supposed to be delighting in this so much but i really really am i'm her brother david but you can call me davy hey how you doing davy uh lexi left her purse in my car. Ugh, you're a godsend. Dan keeps putting himself in these situations where he as a sibling or Alexis as a sibling is, is super awful but, like, fun with each other. Um, and that hit us thinking, okay, what is the actual sibling dynamic like at the Levy household? Luckily, we had an opportunity to ask Sarah Levy all of these questions. Sarah, who is in and her own right, such an outstanding performer. She's a great actress. She's a great singer. I recently, I went to go see... Uh, with my wife, Noah Reed's small tour that he has been doing performing his singer-songwriter music. And he and Sarah got up on stage for the encore and sang the best Mm. together. It was beautiful. She has such a gorgeous voice. Um, She also... And had some great moments in this episode, too. Has great moments in this episode. And I think is uh, maybe more well-positioned to talk about Dan and what he's like... (laughs) Um, as a brother, get the real answers and how that might influence what we see on screen. Compared to Alexis and David, what is the sibling dynamic between you and Dan like? Is it similar? Is it different? I don't think we, um, we don't razz each other like they do. We're much more respectful of each other, but equally as caring in their moments when they care, (laughs) when they actually do really nice things for each other and care. And um, so, yeah, we have we have a different relationship for sure. It's a much more mature relationship. But that being said, I mean, all the like the choosing the bed closest to the door and um, when we were younger and we would have to share a room away somewhere Mm -hmm. and he would do this thing where we'd be sleeping and we were in the dark and he would just like slowly start to raise both arms like a zombie and I was like Daniel stop it stop and he just wouldn't stop and he would just it they just kept rising and rising and rising and rising and then it just gets more tense even though I full well know and then he sits up with his zombie hands slowly out of bed sits up into bed looks at me slowly, starts coming over to me, gets out of bed around like, stop it, Daniel, stop it. I mean it now. I'm calling mom and dad. This is ridiculous. To the point where he'll come right over and go, Ugh! and then I'll just go back to sleep. Like, the- I would not be able to go back to sleep. The- <laughs> no, thanks. Brothers. Um, so stuff like stuff like that has always been ingrained. But, um, but no, he, we're much more respectful of each other. And he, he always has my back. 
Okay, so we've literally just gotten to the opening scene of meeting Artie, but there is so much to unpack here. Oh my god, is he calling me right now? That is so 2001. He is a mobile home uh, or trailer park mogul. His three-bedroom house and his grandchildren. His ex-wife who owns a winery. Yeah. What, yeah. If, it, what if it's Herb, Herb's uh, oh, wife? and oh, That would be amazing. I would love that. I feel like to have skipped that name drop would be really tragic. So, But also, what kind of wine country is there adjacent to Schitt's Creek? Yeah, apparently it's, it's fertile. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That was very Moira the way you said that. <laughs> um, I had the chance to talk to so Annie time. about Artie. It's a little noisy where we were. We were backstage um, at a speaking event. But here's what Annie has to say about the Artie of it all. Alexis goes from being sad about Ted to throwing herself back out into a oh, social life. Oh, no. Yes. Meet an older man named Artie. Artie yeah. likes to scat. <laughs> also, he calls you Lexi. Yes. And he calls Johnny Dad. Yep. Um, he doesn't know how to use Instagram. Does not. Could you have imagined a, I don't want to say like worse companion for Alexis, <laughs> given everything we know about her history and also how in the premiere, I feel like Johnny has a line about you, like Alexis and Sean Penn, which leads me to have some serious questions about the timeline and the age the of this age. character. The age. It just kind like, of dawned like on 12 me. 12 when you, like when Alexis I think dated? she would have been like 15 years old. I, I, that was the best version of that math I could come up with. I was like, at best, yeah. Alexis was 15. Yeah, fingers crossed. She, she was and Sean Penn broke 15. up. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this is uh, another older man. Another older man, although slightly more age appropriate. Mm. Only, Only because she's 15. now an older, yes, yeah, precisely. Because she's a consenting adult. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Artie. Sweet Artie. Um, sweet Alexis. She just needed someone. Uh, real quick uh, to to lessen the blow and the sting. And Artie just happened to be the man for the job, you know, just decked out in all of his scarves and his rings. And I think he was wearing leather wrist cuffs as well. Do you think Alexis is just so accustomed to bringing home shocking dates that it doesn't even occur to her that her family will be like, who is this man and why is he so old? Yeah, I think, I mean... If you think about it, this is probably the first questionable date that she's that they've ever seen her. Bring oh, because home. they didn't even meet all of these other right. famous guys. Right. Everyone else was, you know, um, elsewhere on the planet. Right. And the family right. was so scattered for such a long time that I think that that and they got spoiled by Ted. They got spoiled by Ted. They got kind of spoiled by Mutt. So let's not be honest. They got spoiled by Mutt. Um, and yeah, so I think this is one of the first. That's David, fair. I think, has a better idea. Right, because of, Johnny is like, what is yes, happening? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scatting line is one of my very favorites of perhaps the whole show that Artie loves to scat along to whatever he happens to be listening to at the time. And I think that's a glorious characteristic in a man. Kind of a step down from Harry Styles. I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about Artie and and Alexis for this whole thing, but but obviously there are other storylines. Um, and one of the ones I loved was Jocelyn deciding she needs to take a job. She's going a little stir crazy. She's going a little stir crazy. She needs had the a money. baby. Needs the money. Oh, she, that guilt trip. Is, oh, I'll be the mother with the baby at home, looking for some extra cash after I invested in your father's business. <laughs> I feel like Jocelyn, played by Jennifer Robertson, does such a great job with that, like, manic panic. So she just sort of bullies her way into getting a what she definitely assumes is a paid 
um, tryout working the counter at Rose Apothecary. I love Jennifer's ability to play Jocelyn in a way that you buy her sincerity of being that perky, but that she's also able to bring in those elements of like, no, 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 I'm doing this. And yet you still truly believe the smile. You never feel like she's being fake happy. No. She's always that happy. She's just able to be happy and conniving all at the same time. And that's pretty impressive. And it all sort of like comes together in this like very empathetic way. And then of course it turns out she's great. Yeah. She's because unlike... The of of, uh, David. Yeah. She's like the least cool person, especially in that situation, particularly from David's point of view. I can check you out over here. Well, my first sale. Mm. You guys make it look so much harder. Have a rosy day! (laughs) We won't be doing rosy day. We sort of see at the very beginning of this storyline, right, when David meets Patrick because he needs help setting up this business, that he is clearly not actually the one who is thinking about all of the finances and the business part of it, which is why it's great for him to find a business partner in Patrick, who is mostly just thinking about the business part of it and not the sort of atmosphere and not the culture of it or the brand of it or that kind of bigger picture that David brings to it. But then we haven't really gotten into that very much. It's just like, oh, we opened a store. It was, you know, there have been a couple of bumps of like, we didn't have a lot of people. So we had an open mic night and then we had a lot of, like we, it lives in that kind of vague television land where it's like, I guess you are successful because we haven't had a storyline. And they always talk about line. how no one's in the store, but clearly they're able but to... They're, I mean, yeah. maybe rent rental space for retail is really cheap in Chits Creek. So it was nice to see some actual like realism kind of enter this and you have this real back and forth and kind of a different tension between David and Patrick about like taking seriously how important it is that Jocelyn can sell things and David is very dismissive of that and is like doesn't trust it. Doesn't trust it. Yep, is that what we're really about? Like just selling products? Yep, that is literally the purpose of our store. Um, well, it's been great to just see them grow as a couple. Yeah. And really evolve and change. And it's all stuff that, uh, according to uh, Dan, in yes. our binge podcast, that almost never happened. Right. So um, the shameless plug of the week. But if you haven't listened, go back and listen to, I can't remember if it's season three or season four. We listened to both, obviously. But we talked to Dan, and he revealed that when they first brought Noah Reed in, to play Patrick, they didn't do a chemistry test, and they didn't really intend for it to be a seasons-long show-defining storyline. We had a chance when we were on location to talk to Noah about where things started with Patrick and the evolution of that relationship. And drop a little tea that we didn't know we were dropping. Yes. Dan has said there's a world in which Patrick was, you know, a three episode character like had an arc but it just worked it clicked yeah is it like weird to think of like oh had i not done had we not done our jobs well enough like i wouldn't be here like that it, what i love is like <laughs> if he's very is he's so, he's so open about it he's like he's like yeah he totally could have just been like but we just we knew right away right well that's uh I didn't know that. God, that would have been. I'm glad I didn't know that. Uh, it, was, um, it was meant as a compliment. Yeah. No, to be of course. Clear. No, he no, was no. Literally I, I like, don't. And then as soon as Noah came in, we were like, "What are we?" No, of course. Well, that's the this nature of it. TV, right? Like you have these relationships and and things that you write. You don't have the whole. I mean, you have an idea of the whole thing, but you never know exactly what's going to happen, who's available for what, what jobs come up, and all of that stuff. And um, so that kind of management is tricky. But I I I certainly felt on on day one, um, that, uh, it was one of the, it was one of the more 
fun, uh, supportive, welcoming sets I'd been on. Um, it's it's strange to walk into a show that's already going in that way, and you just sort of you're not quite sure who you are on that set. But uh, but on on this one, it was you know I I came in for my first table read, and Eugene was there, and he just came over to me and said. Noah, how are you? And I was like, okay, sure. This is, I guess this is where I am. So uh, it is funny to think that like, but what that's true of human relationships too, right? Like, you know, you meet somebody, you have no idea, you know that you're interested, maybe there could be something there. And I think that's sort of what we were playing out in that first scene. And, and then you sort of see where it goes. But if you, if you click and if things work properly and well not properly but in in a way that you sort of hope that they can um then it's sort of exciting you know and you sort of just want to see where it goes and and i imagine that was probably a big part of the the construction of patrick when do you think patrick knew this is it this is the guy oh that's a good question i'm gonna marry him like when was that (laughs) moment for him that's a great question um i think the moment where we kiss in the car at the end of season three opens a compartment in Patrick that hasn't been opened. Um, And then I think the barbecue episode, when it looks like it's all fallen apart, I think in a way, knowing what you have and then having it sort of maybe disappearing a little bit. Obviously, the open mic moment is pretty huge. I think that's a big gesture too. But I think that, that moment in the motel room after after uh, David sort of stormed off away from the away from the barbecue, you know, after feeling sort of part of that family, probably for the first time, and then having it all collapse a little bit. Um, and I think Patrick's a pretty controlled guy. He likes to sort of have a bit of control and to be out of control, not to have the 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 handle on it uh, would be a um, probably would let him know that this was something that he wanted more than maybe just a a casual thing or a growing thing as a as a sort of a forever thing at the end when she says she's not going to work for them and she's like thanks no thanks and you guys can keep the bell (laughs) the bell Uh (laughs) because you might need it a little more than me there's like such a great moment where patrick looks crushed He's like a little heartbroken by this. Like he had this moment. He can't understand it. He can't understand it. But you're so good at this, and this is so good for us. And it's like you can see it working through his head. He's a little offended. I kind of understand, but then it's. I appreciate that in that Davidish way. He's like, "How dare you not want to work with us? What were you thinking?" It's very sweet. So this store is just not for you. Yeah, I'd rather take my chances. You know, see if some tutoring gigs come up. Tutoring, because that's a, a better job than working here. Teaching students very fulfilling. Oh. You know, not what you two do here isn't fulfilling, you know, for you, but it's just not fulfilling. For you, got it. For her. Yeah. Dan plays David in a great way of of being sympathetic, but also kind of reveling when those around him that he loves are going through something. Yeah. Hello, council people. I was assailed this morning. Well, you know, after this little interview in People magazine, I'm surprised those eggs weren't actually thrown at you. As it hit the stands, my publicist is off today. I love that she thinks that it's defense that she never actually said the name of the town. (laughs) It's like a technicality. The Moira Rose defense. The Moira Rose defense. And as she says to the very polite Canadian mob outside. You know, 
What's often more potent than an apology is an explanation. I love these signs. I, I wrote down my favorites. Oh, um, what are they? Okay, my favorite, like half of them were my favorites. But, um, but we had, we're not angry, we are disappointed. Mm -hmm. I just appreciated that it was we're not angry, but then we are. Like they took the time to write we are disappointed. No contractions in our protest signs. Uh, um, this we is are Canada. we are really unhappy with Moira is another one. <laughs> so hurtful, take it back. That was like the most like emphatic. Like that was <laughs> that yeah. was the most angry they were gonna get. And that wasn't very nice. My wife is obsessed with protest signs in TV and film, especially TV shows, because they're often sort of like so slapdash. And I we have been to our share of actual protests and made our own signs. And these are not like that, but they are like really fittingly. Oh yeah, they took time like, for like, Shit's Creek. Like props, these, I believe props to the prop team because that art like, department they took time. working so hard this week. There were no fake crows, but there were very real signs. Very real signs. And then my other favorite moment from that uh, from that whole scene was. Um, you can hear like I'm sure it was ADR. I'm sure it wasn't somebody in person. Just go. What kind of apology was that? <laughs> like amongst the murmur, murmur, murmur of the crowd. <laughs> Um, the hubbub, hubbub. Good question. You, you, you do hear that. Um, but yeah, I, and of course that leads us to the uh, amazing commercial for the town that we The tourism video. Oh, hello you. I'm filming television's Moira Rose. Oh, uh, there are so many incredible moments in that. Um, What's one of them, your favorite? Oh God. I, every time there was a new scene, I liked it more and more. I think m one of my favorite nonverbal moments is right after um, uh, Moira introduces um, the restaurant. And her and Twyla are both just, like, very awkwardly smiling towards camera. It's so funny. That was so great. But then the other part that I loved was when she shushes Johnny in it. Like, they when he starts to speak. Oh. Don't forget to say hello to your handsome proprietor, Mr. Jonathan Rose. Thank you for having us. John, no. Like, I feel like the last episode of season six is a whole episode about her making the tourism video. That dress. The, like, uh, the empty apothecary. It's not usually this quiet. Oh, it's always nice and quiet here. Can you stop saying that? Cafe Tropical certainly <laughs> has been described as fine. I mean, all, everything about it is great. I'll have the miso flat cod, please. We don't have that. <laughs> you mean you're sold out is more like it. She's trying to help. This is definitely Moira's version I just version love that that's clearly the final cut. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it also looks like it take? was transferred from a Rose video oh, yeah. VHS player. Um, but yeah, did they even try and do multiple takes? Like, I'm sure the show did. I'm sure Shit's <laughs> Creek, the show did. But did the Shit's Creek Tourism Board? I would like to. Maybe see they all didn't the have outtakes. enough tape. They were like, they were like, we only have uh, you what know, Tourism Board. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ronnie, it's, like, it's Ronnie, it's yeah. Ronnie, who is like just gonna be like, that's fine. <laughs> that's a project David and Patrick should take on, being the Tourism Board for Shit's Creek. There you go. I think that would be a solid adventure for the two of them. Our producer, Carly, accurately points out Ray probably produced that ad and is probably the one-man tourism board of Schitt's Creek. Obviously, you can't see us, but, like, Carly very politely, like, raised her finger, and I thought she was going to be like, no, guys, we got to stop. Like, it wasn't recording or something like that. And then she just goes, Ray. And I was like, what? <laughs> but, yes, no, 100%, 100% it's Ray. Sorry, Ray. Sorry, Ray. Didn't oh. mean to take your job away. <laughs> You're very good at it. Look oh, at this man. amazing video. No wonder. Game. Actually, this all now makes so much sense through the lens of Ray, <laughs> where he would think all that is fantastic. Ugh. Okay, when we come back, our name drop of the week and more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... <clears throat> 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, we're at our celebrity name drop of the week. Shannon, do you want to go first? There are some good choices in this episode, but I am going to say that when Alexis, just immediately after uh, she has been dumped by Artie, and Johnny comes into the motel room and is consoling her, asking her what happens, and she says, I know he's not the right person for me. His taste in makeout music, for example, like, so weird. Like, who even is Cat Stevens? The look on Johnny's face, you can truly see Johnny decide, do I tell her? Do I explain who Cat Stevens is? And then realize like, And also, how could you not know? <laughs> like, there's just so much happening. And then he is like, oh, wait, it's maybe not the time Yeah, he realizes this. this is not, this is not this the is moment. This is growth for Johnny. Um, so that is my, that's my favorite name drop of the week. What's yours? Um, okay, so I did love... It's probably beginner's luck, like when you walk into a casino and win big on your first pull of the basic instinct slot machine. Okay, I'm beginning to think that that is the high point of your entire life. I don't think that quite counts because it's not like a person. Yeah, so I had just had to mention that one um, because that actually happened to a friend of mine. We were in college and this was back in the day when you actually still were able to put quarters in the slot machines and he literally just was like, oh, I'll just put a quarter in, put a quarter in, won $175 and then bought us all brunch. So I appreciate that David has a similar story. Sure. Um, but yes, you're right. That doesn't count. So my favorite one is between Johnny and Alexis uh, where he admits to her he feels guilty that he wasn't hadn't been there during her past breakups. And she says, Well, if you really want to know, I dated guys like a whole lot worse than Artie. Where were you when I was dating half the cast of White Squall? Oh, don't really want to know. Let's talk about White Squall. White Squall is a movie I know existed and remember it being around, but... Uh, it's from 1996. Yeah, 96. It's directed by Ridley Scott. This is the description. Teenage boys discover discipline and camaraderie on an ill-fated sailing voyage. Which also sounds like it could be another type of movie. <laughs> yes. The cast is outstanding. Yeah. I so mean, she, and she only dated half of them. Which half? Because she couldn't go wrong. Here are some people to choose from. Jeff Bridges, Scott Wolf, Jeremy Sisto, Ryan Philippe, Philippe. This is the moment where you realize that two veteran entertainment reporters in this room have yeah. no idea still no how idea. to say his last no name. No idea. Ethan Embry, Balthazar Getty. This is basically like every guy who anyone was obsessed with in the 90s is in this movie, and Alexis dated half of them. Yeah. Like I said, couldn't go wrong with either half. Yeah. All of <laughs> all of them, even Jeff Bridges, would have been more age-appropriate than Sean Penn. Mm, well, yes. <laughs> I love that you're so hung up on the fact that she dated Sean Penn. I, the math is terrible <laughs> um, for all of us, including and especially Alexis. <laughs> okay, now it's time for the Moira Rose line of the week. All right. You seem very ready. Why don't, why don't we go with you? I'm ready. So after her car is egged, um, Moira tells Stevie, Stevie, you are blessed with anonymity and thus will never have to know the crippling fear that accompanies global repute. Yay. <laughs> Which is the most, Moira. Like, you're so lucky that no one knows who you are. Because if you were famous, you'd understand how hard it is. But with 12 more words than that. I went down a rabbit hole with a friend of mine uh, the other day discussing how much we love songs about famous people singing about how hard it is to be famous. That's a good playlist. It's a great playlist. Uh, we were, like, trying to populate it. Um, but definitely some, like, Lindsay Lohan rumors mm -hmm. is on there. Madonna's got a few. 
Uh, there's some there's some good ones. Um, but no, mine, uh, actually, I did love from the opening scene. David, when did you become the Grim Reaper of Romance? That was just a fun little moment, but I had to go with... Either a flock of poultry has delivered its over <laughs> mid-flight upon our car, or I've become the victim of a vandalization. That, just like the amount of words that she chose to uh, change into a far more complicated word there, it, it, it's hilarious. Uh, and similarly, when she goes in that same scene. And now my return to prominence has painted another giant bullseye on my thorax. Okay, what moment made you laugh the hardest and made you cry the hardest? Oh, man. I feel like we're going to have the same cry the hardest, so let's just get that out of the way sure. um, so we can end on a happy oh, note. Okay, that's okay. I mean, mine is definitely just the end of that scene between Alexis and Johnny uh. when they're sitting on the bed. What am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, c- cry for a bit. <laughs> wonder when David will be home. I was really proud of Johnny for even articulating that he realizes he hasn't been there for her in these moments in the past. I wasn't there to protect you. And I guess I was just being a bit overzealous and trying to make up for lost time. He didn't really interfere, but he kind of asserted himself as a father in like a not creepy he way, just in the, a like caring way. He pushed way. the dominoes in the direction that ended in the end. Yeah, of the and he's not going to lie and act like he didn't or that it was a mistake. He's just going to be like, I was worried and I haven't been there for you. And But then when she falls apart and just starts <laughs> crying on him and he has to go from sort of this like, I'm an, I don't know quite how to hug people in my nice press suit, but like she needs him and he's there for her. It was just really, it was really sweet. But in that same moment, I have to say, I think that was some of the most touching work that Eugene Levy's done in the show, but also some of the funniest. He found this way to play that entire moment of like his uncomfortableness, the moment we discussed earlier about the Cat Stevens comment. It oddly, I was watching him and I was like, this this is his best work on this series so far. Like he, this and his scene with Patrick, where he similarly was playing that line of emotional yet hilarious. Yeah, yeah. and he does that better than anyone else. I this know. This is a really nice companion to the episode to six oh seven, and that like how both of that we see Moira with David, and I think seeing this moment of Johnny and Alexis, and it's not anywhere near as fun as getting drunk at a winery, but it is like really sincere. And it's really, like, about this moment between them. I just love that he's like, David will be home soon, right? Home soon? Uh." He's like, get me out of here, but also I love you. Okay, so funniest, laughed the hardest. I would say just to that point, every time Artie's being a grandfather comes up, the one where they're, like, having a conversation. I know it isn't always easy being a dad. Being a granddad's even harder. Oh, well, maybe you might want to give me some tips when I eventually get there. (laughs) I just couldn't stop laughing. Like, everything about it. He's horrified, I think, of either thinking of himself as that old, but also specific that situation. The the face work we are getting from Eugene this week is outstanding. I loved um, Twyla's uh, offhanded comment of, I don't know, I was a baby at the time, but there's a photo of him holding me at Christmas. And I remember that because that was the year Santa brought me a lighter. I know. Oh. I just, I mean, we've talked the about this The greatest hits here of Twilight's yeah, terrible like, childhood. I just want somebody, like, sure it exists out there, and if it doesn't, please, one of you super fans out there, make it. Um, make just a super, a super cut. cut of all of Twyla's, um, like, family life. Yeah. Like, I want that, I want that graphic novel 
um, at some point, or children's book. Yeah. Um, like Twyla and her lighter. That would be a very Shit's Creek children's <laughs> book. Like it turns out Twyla's written a children's Ray book. Would, Ray would do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I loved that, but then I'm going back to that opening scene. <gasps> Alexis, we were just having the most stimulating conversation about you. Ganda, Ugandan politics. Just give me a good cheesy pun, and in, in the absence of Ted, that is that is actually the moment I will give of this week. Okay, now I'm sad again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tried to avoid that. Uh, I know. But we've got we've got more Shit's Creek to look forward to. So uh, much more. So much more Shit's Creek. We're to really look like to. getting into the like final stretch. Like for real, for real. Yes. I was trying to remember what I had to say coming out of that Noah interview, but I'll say it to just kind of wrap things up, which is that working on this project and working on this podcast has truly been like one of the greatest projects I've ever worked on in my professional career. And a weird perk side effect of that has been this way that I feel like we got to be almost kind of the therapist to this cast as they went through this final season. And so when we got to say to Noah, here's something that Dan told us, <laughs> what's your reaction? This was a thing that happened over and over again, where this cast, they love each other so much. And in ways that like a family, they haven't always told each other. And getting to have the you know, the privilege of really hearing them talk about each other in ways that maybe no one's asked or prodded or sort of poked them, <laughs> tried to make them cry at like, the right time has been really great. And I think we got to hear a lot of that um, in folks who we talked to this week. And you're going to hear so much more of it as we continue on this journey. Shana, where can people find you? I'm at Shana Naomi. And I'm at Patrick Gomez LA. Make sure that you're subscribed so you can get the new episodes as soon as they go up. Um, tell your friends to subscribe. Tell everyone you know who's watching. Uh, leave us a review. Rate. It really helps. It helps make sure we can keep making more of this and, and more And comment. Shit. Let us know what you think, both on Twitter, but also on, like, the podcast forums Absolutely. that you're actually listening to this on. It's been great to hear all of your feedback so far. Keep it coming. We appreciate you all listening so much. We are going to be back here next week uh, with more on-set interviews and our insights and our laughter and tears as we head into these final episodes of Schitt's Creek Season 6. Um, but for now, this has been EW On Set.